A warm welcome to Questions Worth Asking, a podcast where we capture and translate wisdom from multiple disciplines in order to fuel the next generation of changemakers. Hello, welcome back to Questions Worth Asking. I'm Priya. And I'm John. Uh, well, thank you for joining us. This is episode four of season three, Living Through the Pandemic. And today we're excited because we have Walt Hopkins with us. Now, I've known Walt for a few years here. Um, I was a participant in one of his workshops. And so I know he runs workshops about journaling and many other topics, such as uh, he has this great um, energies exercise, which I really appreciate, which you can find on YouTube. He's written several books. He facilitates uh, group work and organization development um, types of exercises and workshops. So today, though, we'll focus on journaling, especially during the pandemic. So, Walt, thanks for joining us. Thanks for welcoming me here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to whatever we're going to do. Yeah, me too. So I guess if I jump in first, if that's all right, Priya, uh, thinking about your book and the, the workshop I've been through with you about the the seven steps, the seven reminders, the seven sort of starting points for journaling. Do you mind if we jump right into those seven steps? Okay, yeah. Um, actually, there's seven learnings. Okay. And that's a, a crucial distinction for me because I picked it up from a book called The Seven Laws of Money and decided that I preferred learnings about what I've done, what I've learned, rather than laws that seem to come from on high. So I've, I've done a lot of things. There are seven learnings about various things. Um, in fact, I'm revising one now on seven learnings about nothing. These seven learnings are particularly uh, memorable for me because I was writing my journal uh, 24 years ago. I just figured it by looking it up. When my nephew, who's now 30, was six years old, he came up to me as I was writing in my journal and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm writing about what's happened and how I feel about it. And he said, can I do that? I said, sure. And then he brought some paper and pencil and sat down beside me and said, so um, how do I do this? And that was a gift because explaining things to a six-year-old is a whole lot different from the expectations of older people. I had to make it simple. And I came up with them right there. And they're still my seven learnings. So I can tell you more about each one, but just to give it a quick intro. Write now, write regularly, write irregularly, write what I think, write how I feel, go beyond writing, live to write. Yep, I think they're still helpful, and you're right, we probably could dive into each one of them, but Priya, what's popping up for you? So well, I was very fortunate. You were one of my teachers when I was doing some professional development in this area. And I know a lot of people in the in the room that day when you were talking about journaling had never written before. They'd never really kind of kept a journal. And I, I just think there's probably a lot of listeners that equally haven't done it before. So can you expand a little bit on, on kind of why you journal and why you think it's useful for people to do? I think for some people, it's just not where they're going to go, uh, even if it's a formal setup like the workshop you were describing. Yeah. Um, I'm used to some people just sitting there and not knowing what to do. And so I've now flipped from the 
back page of this passport. I call this wee book. Of, John, you're very kind to call it a book. It's 32, 32 pages passport size. The steps I have for how to use the passport apply to how to do journaling. Uh, and step one says, put down this passport, open your journal, and start writing. Now, I've also put that more bluntly to people sometimes. And I say, okay, all you have to do is put your pen or pencil next to a piece of paper and move one of them. <laughs> now, that's a little bit helpful for some people, but other people really need to know, what do I write? And I learned a lot about this when I very foolishly told my English classes when I used to teach high school English in the late 60s back in the U.S. where I started my life. And I asked students to hand in one page of a journal every Monday. So they were going to do a, a, a journal for the week. And then on Monday, they would hand them in. And then the first night at the office, and I mean night, I was there after midnight. Uh, I sat there with 153 notebooks on my desk and I had to read 153 pages of journals. And a number of them to begin with did what I said they could do, which is to put, please don't read at the top. And then they could write anything they want. And I remember some kids would write Coca-Cola, 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 or um, I hate this journal, I hate this journal, I hate whatever. But as long as they filled the page, that was fine. And what gradually happened is that people began to trust me and they would say a little bit more about what was happening, what they were feeling, and they would show up in the office after school and want to talk a bit. And it was that journaling process that eventually transferred me from being an English teacher to working with people on what they want to do with their lives and how they use a journal to help them do that. I accept that for many people, journaling is not an easy thing to do. So I, I try to make it as simple as possible. Just do it. You know, just write something, even if you have to write, that I don't like writing this. It's a, in fact, it's the same way I did my master's and doctoral dissertations. I'd sit down at the typewriter. <laughs> typewriter, that was a kind of computer without a screen. Um, <laughs> and I would complain. For a page, maybe two pages of typed stuff about how I hated having to do this and what was the point anyway and it's 4 a.m. now, can't I go to sleep? But after I'd done that for a couple of pages, then I was warmed up. And it's the same thing with the journal. Um, I was aware of that last night. I'd written two pages in my journal and it was time to go to bed, which is what my body was saying. But my mind said, you're going to be talking with Priya and John tomorrow about journaling Maybe you should just go to the third page when stuff starts to happen. And I actually got to a fourth page full of questions worth asking. So that's what often happens. I need to warm up. And if, if someone's starting out and quits too soon, then it won't be the, the richness that you can get from just going on. It, it's, it's, it, I'm smiling as you're saying this, um, Walt, because I keep a bit of a journal in a few different ways during um since I started social distancing and lockdown, which is a little bit before the UK started. So I'm on day 75. 
now and um, some days I start writing and just like you said I sit there and I write and it's it's very negative it's like what I'm angry about or what I'm scared of you know it's very ranty and also very what I'm scared of and it's often not till the third page that any sense starts to kind of come out of it the first two pages just tend to be a bit of a list um, and it tends to be very, very ranty and very scared, I'd say. So I hadn't thought about it before, but I think it's a way of me uh, almost discharging some of those emotions so I can get to what's happening beyond that. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've got involved in this uh, positive thinking, which I learned about from my mother before it was any kind of specific, theoretically based approach. And some people get into that process and say, we've well, got to focus on the positive, start with the positive, focus on that. I think the pandemic is a classic example of, so how do I start with positive when there's this stuff going on? And I think what's really useful is to complain first, to moan. I mean, if there's a pandemic going on and I'm scared about my own life and I'm scared about the lives of my friends and family, people around the world that I know, to start the morning by saying, it's a lovely day, doesn't feel right. So if I can complain first and talk about everything that's scary and awful, then maybe I can get to where I often get. I'm sitting here looking out at our garden with sunshine still. We've had sunshine for a week in Scotland, and that's like more than we get sometimes in a year. I want to exaggerate slightly. So I'm privileged. But I need to moan first before I get to that privileged bit and to the positive bits. So, yeah. And as you said, Priya, it's about continuing to keep them going, not just giving up. Yeah. Um, and I've heard you call it a conversation, Walt, um, almost like having a conversation with yourself yeah. in the journaling. Can you say more about that? Uh, well, it, if I accept the fact that for most of us, when we look at that, journal and say, you know, what, what do I tell the journal? I mean, it used to be when we were kids, it was like, dear diary, and you're having a conversation with the diary. But I think it's really a conversation with the most interesting person I know, uh, which is probably because I've hung around with myself a lot longer than with anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, if I write stuff, I find out what I'm thinking. Uh, and some people already know what they're thinking, and then they're trying to capture it in the journal. And for me, it's the other way around. I, I start writing and find out what emerges, especially on that third page. I can start writing about something or about nothing, and then stuff emerges that wasn't what I thought I was going to be talking about or writing about at all. Well, have you, I know you've had your journal for quite some time, but has there ever been a period of your life where you haven't journaled, where you've it's not been what you wanted to do. Yep. On the 14th of June, 1969, well, so it would have been the 13th of June, 1969, I was getting married the next day, and I decided that I was going to stop journaling. And in 1969, I had been keeping a journal for 11 years. I started on the 10th of January, 1958. I just decided that marriage was going to be too busy to, for me to be sitting up at night journaling, uh, which was a view enforced by my reinforced by my wife but both of us got into our 
personal growth and development in the early 70s. And I think it would probably be maybe two years, three years before I started again. But at that point, I made a significant shift. And I think the gap actually helped because I shifted to a journal instead of a diary. So for 11 years, I'd kept the diary one page, which for me averaged about 300 words. And then that was it. And discovering the freedom of a journal where I could write for three or four or five pages and then not write the next day. Unfortunately, that freedom to not write kind of overflowed sometimes and there'd be a two or three week gap or sometimes even more than that. One of the things I've learned from the gaps is the gaps were often about good times. I was having such a good time that I didn't have time to write in my journal. And then when things were going wrong, I grabbed the journal and complained for a bit. <laughs> and hmm. Yeah, I think that the gaps are significant, but I don't have any record of those. What I'm doing now is partly because my siblings seem to think that my diary will tell exactly what happened at exactly what day. So they regularly, not regularly, frequently ask me, what do I have in my diary about such and such an event back in the 50s or 60s? Hmm. And searching for those is, takes a long time because I start reading the diary. But now I'm transcribing them onto the computer, and I'm in August 1963 now. So that's a little over five years, which means I've got uh, another 57 or so to go at the moment. Um, so I don't think I'm ever going to get done. But it is great to have that, those records of things and look things up that way. It's so detailed, like your dates and like the, the, the story is, it's just so, it's incredible. John, do you keep a journal or a diary or? Yes and no, maybe not to the extent of Walt and others. Um, so to me, I would actually consider Twitter to be a bit of a journal. Now it's, you know, one line and very short, but you know, if it fulfills a uh, Walt's criteria of, you know, just write something, then that's close. I have, also I can sort of share out my own little daily practice. I have, and in fact, I just printed it today because it's June 1st, the day we're recording here. Um, I keep a six month Excel spreadsheet that I physically print and keep by my bed. So if that brings you a good giggle, um, I find that taking care of... Um, I'm, I'm trying not to laugh. You can laugh. You're Sorry. fine. Um, the, the list of like taking care of bonsai trees and raising children and marriage and contracts at work. And like, it's not a to-do list at all. It's a, it's a pre-printed, here's like the 10 things to not forget to do. And I'll put a lot of little notes on that right before I fall asleep of what happened today or my excuses for why I didn't do things or that kind of thing. So yes, I have lots of little journals. I'm wondering for both of you, like, do we, and I'm thinking for myself too, I guess. Um, on one hand, like journaling sounds so simple and it sounds like, yep, just write it down and that's nice. And then it is, I would almost say heartwarming to hear stories like, oh, can I look up my journal from a few decades ago or more to, to look back? What's, um, What's an impactful story? What's a memorable moment? What's a almost an outcome from keeping a journal? Does that spark anything for any of us? Is there a time where we've written something and it's really been transformational or shifted a mindset or one that's really relevant to me if I can just jump in and uh, this is slightly different um from 
well, the, the way you describe journaling, this kind of conversation that you're having with yourself, I don't, I don't know if it's a generational thing, but I've been keeping my lockdown or part of my lockdown diary is on Facebook. So every day I do a, you know, day 59, you know, and it, it's not, it's not what happened today, but it could be a reflection of what's going on politically, what I'm hearing in the world. It can be a little bit about what I'm doing with Willow, my daughter, um, but it's just some sort of like marker for my mood, you know, what, what is going on. And um, what I, the, the kind of impactful thing that I've noticed is I've got quite a few friends now that um, read it, but also interact with it. So in a, in a time where we're quite lonely because we're kind of locked at home, it's been my way of connecting actually with people. So I get a lot of people that will call me up and say, hey, I, you know, I read your your diary um, note yesterday that thing's happening to me too or I'm feeling like that as well or I was feeling like that last week so it's it's not like my private journal it's my kind of public facing one but I do try and be as real and as honest as I can or as I feel I can be and that's had a huge impact on me so I'm on day 75 and I I bumped into somebody yesterday and said I was thinking of kind of stopping um, because I was, you know, I didn't really have a lot to write, and she said, "Oh, please don't, please keep it going," because I think it's just a nice thing. She kind of logs on at the end of the day, has a read, and kind of writes a comment and stuff. And so it, that really impacted me about using journaling as a way to connect, um, which is different, but it, it's it's meant a lot to me actually. Yeah, I'm I'm struck by the word journal, which is I say I've shifted to from diary. It's also the same word. For a reporter as a journalist and a daily journal would be a way of sharing things with other people. I am not completely introverted, just mainly. Um, that That's not what I would do. And it's why I have trouble. I mean, for marketing my stuff, I should be on my various Facebook pages and my LinkedIn page and other things. And I don't get around to that. I mean, I know I would do better, supposedly, if I did that. But I think for me, this this began as a personal thing and has stayed that way. Things have happened in between. So a, a memorable moment, not necessarily transformative, was when Jan and I were keeping diaries at the same time. This is my first wife, early 70s. And we not only both kept journals, we would swap them and read each other's journal, which sounded like a good idea at the time. Um <laughs> But uh, was not. It doesn't sound like a great idea. <laughs> you'd think, you'd think. But, you know, we, we were young, so I wouldn't do that again. I suppose that's where I've stayed is keeping it private. For some reason, that's reminded me of one of the stories in George's, George Simon's books on, on keeping your personal journal. He tells the story of political prisoners, specifically some in South America, I think he's writing about, who were journal keepers. They wanted to have a journal, but it was clearly uh, too risky, even if they were out of prison briefly. But in prison, what they would do is they would write a page of journaling, and then they would burn it. If they didn't have a match, they would tear it up. They would write the page so that they had had the process of writing something. I suppose if my study caught fire, I think it's 106 volumes up on the top shelf now, would be gone, which is another reason, I suppose, I'm transcribing it. But then uh, it wouldn't be the end of my life. It would just be an end of a recorded version of my life. I'm about to start 
in autumn of 1963, rooming with a guy named Bruce at university, he used to say to me as I would sit there, we, our desks were right beside each other in the room, and he would say, you know, when we get older and you publish your diaries, no chance of that, I will write a book beside them to say what really happened. Um, <laughs> nice. And uh, he's been a friend ever since, and I'm looking forward to writing him in the next week or two when I get to that point in the diary where I meet him for the first time. And so, that, yeah, that's helpful to go to go back to that stuff sometimes, helpful to imagine what I might do in the future. I think it's a great question. What's What are you journaling for? Or who mm. are you journaling for? So I don't know whether it has to be the, the, um, the only question. What I would be clear about is it doesn't there isn't a specific answer. So, well, obviously, you know, we're living through a pandemic. That's the whole focus of this series on questions worth asking. So what are the benefits of journaling now, specifically, whilst we're living through this COVID-19 shared experience? Well, I imagine that other people have had the experience I'm having of sometimes waking up in the middle of the night. And at 4 a.m., it might not be a good time to call other people. And instead of going round and round in my head, I you can get up and grab the journal and start writing there. It might be the kind of thing you were talking about, Priya, of, of writing a couple pages of not just of moaning, but of depending on the, on the feelings I have. And certainly at the beginning of the pandemic, it was about being terrified. Not just that I might die, that I'd, I'd be over with that. But my friends, my relatives, my grandchildren, what would happen? And so if I start worrying, I get in a spin. If I get the journal, particularly the way I write one, which is by with a pen by hand, no screens involved, then I have to slow down. And just slowing down and writing some things, whether they mean much later or not, slowing me down gets me back in touch with reality. I wake up a bit. Um, so, yeah, it's it's talking to myself, but not in a worrying way, but in a slow way. And I'm seeing what I'm writing and it sort of confirms that I'm still here. I write, therefore I am, I may borrow Descartes. It's a way of staying connected to myself and to the world. Yeah, it's worth doing. It does remind me somehow that um, we have a, a family practice where we celebrate Christmas with my parents and um, when my dad was alive we kept um, a physical copy of the book called Twas the Night Before Christmas mm -hmm. and my dad would read it to kids and grandkids and some of them would sit on his knee and then when he was finished reading we would physically pass the book around with a pen and in the back of the book there were four or five blank pages that said something like your memories and so every person wrote just one or two lines until we ran out of pages in the back of that book. And then my mom stapled in more pages. And then my father passed away and we've continued on that. And what I found year after year is I would get there in around, you know, late December and I would sit down and you, most people could pretty quickly remember their entire year and have four or five things to say, oh, we got married this year, had a kid this year, bought a house this year, whatever went on for them in that year. And I would look at this blank piece of paper, sensing I had 30 seconds to write how amazing my year was, 
and be blank. <laughs> just not a clue what happened this year. I could t maybe tell you what I just had for dinner. So I started in Evernote, you know, as software on my phone. In Evernote, I started creating monthly um, notes. And then all I do is write a highlight in there. So I'm not embarrassed when Christmas comes around <laughs> and I can flip through. And so now I've got a whole, I could go open my phone right now and look, but I've, I've changed it from like, it used to be like 2015 accomplishments. And then I was like, ah, oh, it's not just accomplishments. And then 2016 was like 2016 highlights. And I was like, well, you know, I, it's not all positive stuff that I remember. Right. So like even the wording, I think now I use the word moments, mm -hmm. 2020 moments. Yeah. And I write about those. So I wonder then in all of this journaling and this podcast being questions worth asking, we've already tossed around one or two. What is, these are popping up for me. I've actually got four, which I think is too many. What's the conversation I'm having with myself right now? That seems related to journaling or maybe a little deeper. What's the conversation I'm actually having with myself building on that point of when I start writing, maybe it's something completely different than I thought. And then I went sort of the organization development route. And I said, what's underneath the conversations I'm having with myself? Or what are the patterns of the conversations I have with myself? Does any of that, does any of that pop up for any of us is a question worth asking? I think what I'm interested in as well is what's the conversation I'm not having with myself? Yeah, um, nice. And what's that about? Because that's my gestalt background training and looking at the polarity. So what am I having a conversation about? What am I not having a conversation about? Right. But also, what am I stopping myself, which is slightly different. I don't know when I came up with this term. Maybe it's somebody else's originally. But my experience with journaling has been that there's that I have a sensor in my elbow. I'm starting to write about something difficult or exciting or whatever. And I find that I'm not talking. I'm not writing the whole thing. It could be some ecstatic moment that just seems too powerful to even think about recording yeah. or something that I'm, I don't really want to say because I'm so angry. Um, for a while in the, again, the, the 60s and 70s, I was really trying to break the barrier. What, what can't I say in my journal? Got tired of that after a while. But it's a very interesting question. What, what am I talking about? What am I not talking about? Yeah. That's where that's where my went. My went to my, the question that popped up for me is what what can't I say out aloud at the moment and why? Mm. So you know what is it that I can't give voice to, but perhaps I can uncover a little bit of it in my journal on that mythical on that mythical page three <laughs> that happened. <laughs> um, oh, I could talk about this forever, but it feels like time to kind of wrap um, this conversation up. Sadly, yes. <laughs> So thank you, Walt, for so much for kind of being with us today and sharing your wisdom around journaling. I hope this inspires somebody that perhaps, you know, maybe they've never picked up a pen before, but to start, uh, now's a good time to start, as uh, as is any. Um, so from Biggles Wade in England, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from Washington, D.C. And Walt? And goodbye from Scotland. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for being with us. Until next time, it's your turn to ask the questions worth asking.